0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au uh, We're going to be reading from uh, Luke chapter 2 shortly. And, uh, and if you've got your traditional Bibles or maybe you're on new version, you prefer Bible app... Um, our YouVersion Bible app event will have some scriptures there that you'll be able to follow along as well, so you can get ready for that. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the truth and the power of your word. We pray that you bring your revelation of truth out of your word today, that the words I speak will be the words of your spirit. Uh, if there's something that's said that isn't helpful today, Father, that it would fall to the ground. If there's something that's expressed that... Uh, doesn't express your love or your heart, then it would, I pray that everything would, but uh, just that everything would come out of you and for you and that we'd be able to pick up the words of your spirit, that you'd speak deeply and richly into our hearts and minds, into our lives, so that we can take away something that might shape us this week, that might change us and draw us deeper into your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, uh, I went rock climbing uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, how professional does that look? Um, I look like I know what I'm doing, don't I? Uh, so it was about the first time in about 18 months that I'd been rock climbing. Uh, I hadn't been rock climbing for a little while. Uh, Grace had uh, got me inspired with a few other people from the, from the church, Chris and Damien and Daniel and a couple of other people uh, took, a, took me out and tied me on the rope and Said go, so I did, Um, and that was a that was a couple of years ago, eight months ago. And this this climb was a little bit different. This is, uh, and if I get the language wrong, you some of you won't know the difference. For those of you who do know the difference, I apologise. So we we did this multi pitch climb, which is essentially a little bit of a climbing. You get to a a rock where you can reset yourself, and then you go. On another climb. It was essentially a two or three hour climb, Uh, something light considering I hadn't done it for 18 months, you know, something pretty standard, pretty easy. I went out with Chris Wright and he said, oh this is an easy grade five, no worries at all. Sure, no worries, let's go for a three hour climb considering I haven't done it for 18 months. Sounds easy. Now this multi-pitch climb, what happens is that you kind of get to a flat rock And you wear these painful shoes on your feet that help you grip the rock when you're climbing. Uh, You're wearing a harness and that rope, uh, on that rope, I was attached to Chris. Is Chris here today or not? Oh, it's good, he won't know. Um, So I can say whatever I like. Uh, I saved Chris. No, no, none of that. Um, But uh, so Chris was on the other end of that rope and uh, he started this climbing and he went off and, and climbed, and he was, as he goes up the rock, he's setting some safety measures for himself. He's putting little, uh, I'll call them clips for the sake of language and con- reducing confusion, but he's putting little clips in the rocks at different points, and he's saying, they're not for your safety, Simon, they're for my safety. So Chris is climbing, got this 60-meter rope. He's climbing up and around this rock, and uh, he reaches the first pitch, and then he sets another anchor for the second climber that's for me. So between me and Chris, we've got this rope and um, little clips along the way that Chris has established. Now, as I climbed, I was... See, that looks really impressive too, doesn't it? Uh, I had to trust Chris. That doesn't look quite as dangerous as it looks. Does it look dangerous to you? Oh, that's good then. That's what it's meant to do. Um <laughs> and it was meant to be impressive. Um, but I had, to, I had to climb up the side of this rock, and as I'm climbing this rock, Chris has set the anchor above me, and as I climb, I then have to take out the safety measures that Chris had in place for himself. Knowing that Chris has me up on the next pitch, I'm climbing up towards him, and then removing his safety measures because he's set an anchor for himself at the pitch that he's waiting at. Now, this required some active waiting. Now, I don't know what you're like at waiting. Uh, Some of you will already be laughing at this because you know how much I love waiting. Um, But as Chris climbed, I had to hold the rope because I was another level of... safety for him i was belaying him if you like and so i I was feeding out this rope this 60 meter rope just at my feet and chris was going i'm feeding out this rope keeping it locked at different times um, keeping the right amount of slack in the rope when it gets tight let out a bit more hold it break it all the right things but what was astonishing to me was this unsettling sense that came over me that despite the view that I had, I could stand there and look out across the rapales, across the lake, across the paddocks being harvested. Beautiful view, but what was astonishing to me that while Chris climbed, I actually had no idea where he was going, no idea what he was doing. had no idea what was happening. I'd been told to keep letting out rope and as he, lets, as he climbs, I let out rope and he would call out when he was ready. Excellent. If, I couldn't, if we couldn't hear each other, Chris was just going to tug the rope. So I'm kind of standing there thinking, what if he's just tugging the rope and I'm just feeding it? Mindful that it wasn't just falling at my feet so I felt like I was pretty safe. I'm, I'm destroying this, aren't I, Damien? Are you okay, mate? You right? I know I'm destroying it, but... So I figured this rope wasn't all at my feet, so it was all okay. But while I stood on this rock, I was actively waiting. See, I want to I wanna get there. Are you like that? Do you want to do you want to get somewhere? Do you want to be somewhere? If you were standing here and you had to get to there, would you want to do it as quickly as possible, as dynamically as possible, as efficiently as possible? You if you've got an end result, you'd want to know that you got there and you could get there as quickly as possible, the shortest distance between a and b. And there's times where I wonder why it takes so long. See, I've got this problem in most things that in a lot of things that I do, um, I, I go rock climbing and I think I should just be able to do what everybody else does. I go out and play golf and I think I should be able to be like a professional golfer. Um, I've seen other people play, why what's so hard about that? Um, so I have this sense of high expectations of myself and being what I can achieve and that can at times be overwhelming. But as I stood on the rock I fed the rope a little, I climbed a little, I waited a little, I fed the rope a little bit more, I climbed a little bit more, I weighed a little bit more. And eventually, well, not eventually, but pretty quickly, I, I learned that it was best just to relax into the reality that my role was not to hurry everything, but to trust the lead climber. My role was not to hurry everything, but to trust the lead climber. It's a lesson that seemed to fit today as we think about this bigger story, the story that you and I are invited into, the story where we're declaring that every story whispers God's name, the name of love. See, often we're looking for the top. People of faith, people who aren't of faith, people of various expressions are looking for the top. They're looking for this some greater purpose, and often we feel stuck on a rock somewhere in our life. We're feeding some rope, biding our time, and we're wondering if we're simply missing the cues or hints that God might be providing for us. See, most of us at some stage we're looking for the grand plans, the big schemes, the great purposes. We want to know what our life means or, if or how it counts for something. We want to reach the objective. And Maybe you're sitting, sitting here today and you aren't sure about this whole Jesus person, you're not sure about this whole church thing, but you feel there's some stronger sense of greater purpose and greater meaning in this life. Maybe you have someone who feels like you've been faithful in following Jesus, but things just aren't clicking into place somehow. And you feel like you're just feeding out a whole lot of rope. You're waiting and you're wondering what's happening ahead. And I really believe the text and the story that we have today is an encouragement to all of us. More than anything, I want you to know that every story, regardless of your waiting or climbing, trusting or uncertain or not sure if you're missing the cues, every story, your story, whispers God's name. Every story including you yours yours wherever you've come from whatever you're experiencing whatever you're in the middle of right now whispers his name so we're, we're going to look at this story nev's uh led us up to this story that we're looking at today at the birth of jesus and the shepherds come they go and visit jesus and we're looking a bit beyond the birth of jesus because it continues to invite us into this season of waiting and preparation and invitation. See, it's a story, this birth of Jesus is a story of something happening now, but not quite yet. Jesus has been born in the midst of poverty. He's a refugee with his family, Mary and Joseph, are running from place to place. They're avoiding rulers. They eventually come to Jerusalem for a time of purification and Uh, consecration according to the law of Moses that the firstborn will be dedicated uh, and circumcised uh, and dedicated and recognised as a Jewish child as a child set aside for the work of God and it's just as we're coming to an end of this time together that we encounter two people Simeon and Anna so in Luke chapter 2 verse 25 I'm going to read quite a large text so follow along with me on the screen in your Bibles, and I'm reading it as well. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Uh, he was waiting for the consolation or the comfort or the encouragement of Israel, a nation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Um, now, this is fascinating, a couple of things. Firstly, I want you to remember that it, he's only described as a man. I don't, now, Simeon might have been a priest, he, he meets uh, Joseph and Mary actually in the temple ground, so he might have been a priest, but what fascinates me about this is there's actually not much information about Simeon. And all we, and you need to remember that he's re, um, remembered only as a man who is righteous and devout, which is a pretty great memory, but he's not, he has no, no sense of authority here, no sense of power, no sense of status, simply a man who is righteous and devout. Remember that. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That sounds comforting, doesn't it? There's also a prophet... Here in distinction here. So I've had shepherds. Nev introduced us to shepherds earlier. Lower class citizens. A man who is righteous and devout. And a prophet. Anna. A daughter. Now just let me digress here. It astounds me that we can still be talking about female leadership in this day and age when scriptures clearly point to release and encourage female leadership and celebrate people who declared, do you know who proclaimed the birth of Jesus first? Women. Do you know who proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus first? Women. Women continue to change the world. I thought that was a cool thing. All right. I'll move on. Let it be an encouragement to you. Uh, Anna, too, was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after a marriage and there was a widow until she was 84. She, there's some argument about whether she was a widow for 84 years or until she was 84, but never mind. She left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna had lived through the apparent absence of God. These people had believed that God had kind of removed himself he'd become distant disconnected disinterested they had lived through 400 years without hearing from a prophet apart from Anna who just steps into this space now 400 years how do you stay in tune with a story and faithful to a story when you believe you're not hearing from God how you once did Four hundred years. So Simeon's had to hear it from someone. Anna's had to hear it from someone. That means for four hundred years, there's been faithful families, faithful storytellers, faithful people who have invited the next generation into the story. Now I thought about this. Oh no! Oh, sorry, that's a distraction. I won't go there. This this couple, Simeon and Anna. Uh, this couple of leaders uh, live through this apparent absence of God. This is faith filled expectancy in the story that they've been invited into. The message paraphrases verse 25, saying that Simeon lived in prayerful expectancy. That's what I want us to get here today. See, I've previously read this passage and read this, and I thought, wow, what an exciting moment where Simeon gets to hold the child Jesus. What an exciting and powerful moment where Simeon walks through the temple grounds and he sees Jesus and he takes a hold of him. What a moment. I wonder if Simeon, even preparing again this morning, I kind of had images of Simeon, every baby that walked through the temple courts. For the years that he'd been serving in the temple, every child, is this the child Jesus? Is this the child I'm meant to hold on to? Is this the child? Is this the baby? Every year, I wonder how disappointed he might have been and yet he stayed in the story with faithful and prayerful expectancy. And then finally, finally, he encounters the salvation of the world. Can you imagine that moment and realising that this is the moment that changes history? They wouldn't even see the full expression. <laughs> All they saw was a baby. And they declare this is the salvation of the world. They wouldn't see the full life of Jesus. I don't know how long they were around. I don't know how long before Simeon died, after he saw the baby. None of those questions are answered for us. But they believed that they had participated and been invited into the story. So this isn't just waiting and hoping for something to happen. This is actively waiting and participating in the story. And I thought about this. I thought about the generations of families that would have passed the stories on to Simeon and Anna. And I think about the families who sit here amongst us today and the stories of generations that have passed on, the stories of faith. Henry and Heather Morell passed on the generation to four generations after them. They became people of faith in their mid-30s. The Smith family sitting up the back here. On to the third generation of telling the story. The Schneider clan. I don't know where are the Schneider clan. Here. the power of telling the story and encouraging generation after generation to stay in the story, even though sometimes we feel like God is absent and there's no voice and there's no sound and there's no clear objective being given to us to stay actively waiting and expectant in the story. Because it's just too easy to give up and throw it all in. When we, we're a generation and we're a people now, probably not even just a generation, but several generations, who think that we, have, we are hooked into outcomes, solutions, clarity, revelation and purpose. And Simeon is remembered for making a declaration. And Anna is remembered for worshipping, fasting, praying and giving an anthem of praise out of their heartache and struggled they struggled they are remembered for holding and declaring the salvation for all people and i sat in this story over the last few weeks and i wondered for myself and i offer you the question if that was your legacy would you be satisfied if that was all people remembered of me Would that be enough? Now it's easy, you know. Of course it would be. But probably if we're to be honest with ourselves, it's often not, isn't it? Because we often want to be the people who move and shake and reach the objective, climb to the top, be successful, overcome. And that's great. We're wired that way. I'm wired that way but often we do that greater purpose and those greater objectives at the cost of living in prayerful expectancy of fasting and praying and worshiping night and day because god you're not doing it quick enough for us and simeon and anna for me as i've read this story again and not just about people who hold a baby there are people who are actively wait and faithfully wait and faithfully seek after the heart of the father regardless of the struggle and the heartache that they might be feeling regardless of the questions that they might have asked they faithfully and expectantly participate the psalmist writes in chapter 27 verses 3 to 5 though an army besiege me my heart will not fear oops there's a candle Though war break out against me, even then I will become confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Isaiah writes uh, in chapter 40, a voice of one calling in the wilderness in the sparse places, in the desperate places. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so while sometimes we wait for the physical expectations of this to happen, It is all revealed in the baby Jesus, in the person of Jesus, in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. We might not have an army coming against us, but you might be feeling overwhelmed. And we are invited into the biggest story, being reminded that every story whispers God's name. So their lives were more than that moment but a recognition and a proclamation and their praise of holding this baby was the culmination of their lives. And as I thought about it, I think about Simeon and Anna now as people who were humble in their serving. They recognised who they were. They recognised the faithfulness of God and the invitation to participate in God's faithfulness. They were faithful in their worship. Even in their waiting 400 years, three, four, five, eight generations, I don't know. But Simeon was so at peace that he was happy to die knowing that he'd seen the salvation of God in a baby. (laughs) That's some kind of worship. They surrendered in obedience. You know, Some of us know the tragedy of death at a young age. Some of us know the heartache of tragedy that we never expected or anticipated. And I hope that you might be encouraged by Anna today who was only married for seven years before she became a widow without status, without power, but is declared as a prophet and continued faithfully serving for 84 years. That's some kind of faithfulness and prayerful expectancy, isn't it? It takes some kind of humility. At some point, Simeon and Anna realize this isn't about them. You know what we don't hear in this story is the song list. <laughs> what we hear is an anthem of praise, declaring salvation to God because He is faithful. See, our first and our, um, I, I didn't include it, and I've written it again in brackets today. But they were content in waiting. I wrestled to put it there, but I put it there as an offering to you, an invitation to you. I think sometimes we think to be content in waiting means we always feel good about it. I don't know what that is, but I just there is a waiting that's required sometimes, often. And the great, greatest joy comes when we learn to be content in the waiting, knowing that God has gone ahead of us. See, our first ministry is to God. Our first relationship is with God and to live out of that relationship with one another, to live out of the relationship that we have with the Father into every other relationship. When Jesus walked the earth and people tried to challenge him about what he was doing and how he was going about it, he simply said, uh, I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. And that's our invitation and that's our model. Last week we celebrated a number of baptisms. I wanna, and we celebrate and we got excited about baptisms and I know there are a number of people who are excited about baptisms. People are still talking about baptisms. But I want to say that these are small moments where people cross the temple floor. So I've got, I've got something for people. I've got certificates and a, a DVD for people who were baptised last week. But just bear with me. Is that, you, you can bear with me here. All right. Trust me? Are you going to lay out some rope for me? <laughs> so this is a certificate and a DVD for people like Pam Baker. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but this isn't just a story about Pam Baker crossing the floor and getting baptised. This is a story of Joan Gordon who has faithfully walked the streets with Pam Baker and loved not just Pam but Pam and Lindsay. This is a story of people who have gathered around Pam in the deepest darkest moments and loved her and ministered to her and cared for her. This is Kirsty Rogers. Give her an applause too. Huh? This isn't just the story of Kirsty Rogers. I feel like we should have live TV walking me around. I'm sorry. <laughs> this isn't just a story of Kirsty Rogers walk across the temple floor. This is a story of a woman who has been broken and hardened, <laughs> but has been ministered to by someone like Shirley Martin. This is a story of someone who has faithfully got alongside someone else in desperate times, when nothing else made sense and when darkness was overwhelming. And cast a little bit of light so that Kirsty could be reminded again of a faith in Jesus. This is Oriana Panozzo. Sorry, I said that wrong. Stand up for me. Stand up. Um, this is, an, but again, this is a story of someone who has come under our youth ministry. This isn't just the story of Oriana crossing the floor and getting baptised. This is a story of Leone, and Katie and Jordan and Chris and Cindy who have spoken to her life and cheered her on even when they felt like maybe nothing was happening and she was able to cross the temple floor and get baptised. This is the story of Paris Panazzo. But I know too for Paris, this isn't just a story of crossing the floor. This is a story of Paris finding a way, asking questions, wrestling with anything that made sense and if she had any value. But this is a story of people who spoke into her life, eh? and where she found peace and hope. Oh, hang on a minute. I've got to go back this way. Donna, you have to come out of the room for me. meet me halfway sister all right excellent (laughs) just don't jump at me or anything yeah but this is this is a story not only a story there you go that's for you this isn't only the story of donna getting baptized this is a story of a guy like john pearson who has faithfully gone motorbiting right motorbike riding with kurt and sitting and having coffees and friendship and showing some love And when John comes and says, I'm not sure about this, and nothing's happening, he continued to remain faithful and continued to believe that God was doing some work. And he saw the fruit of that last weekend. Blessings to you. Nice to see you still smiling about it, too. It's good. This is Ryan Smith. for you you. this isn't just a story of ryan smith going for as of baptism this is a story of a young man who's faced a tragedy that no young man should ever have to face and a family who gathered around and prayed and loved and youth leaders who gathered around and cheered him on and saw him as a young man that deserved to be loved and cared for this is a story of a young man still discovering his life and purpose in jesus and declaring his trust in jesus yeah Go in man. Come out. You can. I don't want to go in there. <laughs> um, and this is a story of Matt. There you go, mate. That's for you. That's this right. is, yeah. Who works hard, works faithfully, loves his family. But this isn't just a story of a man who walks into waters of baptism. This is a story of a guy like Ross Mueller, who out of his own heartache, out of his own tragedy, out of his own questions and frustrations and anger, came to know Jesus or rediscovered Jesus and so ministered to this young guy's life and spoke into him and saw a witness. This guy saw a witness in Ross and the other young adults who sit around in this area and go out and have lunch together and cheer each other on. It's not just about the baptism. Thanks, buddy. See, friends, we celebrate this moment. And, well, we should. (laughs) Well, we should. We should whistle and we should yell and we should whoop and we should laugh. But there's stories of prayerful expectancy. There's stories of people who have been humble in their serving, faithful in their worship, obedient in their surrender, content mostly, And they're waiting for friends to declare Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. The stories of people who have faithfully and achingly prayed for their friends and their family. The friends who have achingly and consistently demonstrated their own faithfulness, even at heartache and cost. Friends and family who haven't given up even when they might have felt like giving up. See, we can hold the baby. We can hold the baby. And we can celebrate Christmas. We can celebrate the Christ child of Christmas, but actually it's an invitation to be a part of the biggest story. Where every story whispers God's name. See, as we can hold the baby, we can hold the Christ child, but it's, it's not just about holding the Christ child, it's an invitation to declare hope and comfort and salvation and freedom. And we're reminded to humbly serve, faithfully worship and surrender in obedience. And are we willing to do that even if it might take another 84 years? See, we're invited because we celebrate the birth of a baby to bring sight to the blind, healing and restoration to the sick. With signs and wonders, we're invited to be people who declare that every story whispers God's name. Every story has the whisper of love weaving through their life. And you know, when people argue with us and tell us they don't see it, that shouldn't diminish the power of our proclamation because when people argue with us they need more than ever people like you and I to stand with them alongside them and declare the truth to them even if they don't want to believe it for themselves because even if they don't believe it for themselves that doesn't mean it's not a truth don't just celebrate the baby this year walk in the story Be a part of the story. Celebrate the story. Declare the story. Proclaim the story. As the team comes up, may we love God first, seeking Him with all that we are first. Loving Him and living out of His love so that we too proclaim salvation, joy, hope and freedom for all people. And as we do every week, not not to be religious about it and not to um, uh, reduce it, Uh, but as we do every week, the invitation's open for prayer. And if you've got people who have faithfully been speaking into your story, maybe you need to go and speak to them today and say, hey, I need to grab a hold of this a bit more. Or maybe you don't know who to go and speak to. There's space down the front just to simply come and receive prayer. Just have someone declare life into your story, remind you of who you are, speak more about what this means for you, and even to pray with you. We don't have to have all the answers, because Jesus holds them. Sometimes we look for the answers when all we need to do is trust the lead climber. Hold on to the rope. Trust that when God is climbing, he's leading us and he's got us. And if that's all you want to declare today, if that's all you might be able to declare today, then we want to gather around you, want to celebrate and want to pray for you. But please know that wherever you are and whatever story is being written at the moment, every story, including yours, whispers the story of love whispers the name of God.